This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. This like when you say, I, I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Matter of Theology. Uh, Matter of Theology is a podcast production produced by Faithful Life Ministries, where we address church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. And we seek to bring you biblical truths, despite what the popular movements of the day may teach, Mm -hmm. or as Drew would say, or peer pressure, your grandmother's church etc. And uh, just so everybody knows, we are now on Patreon. So if you uh, would like to partner with us, head on over to patreon.com slash matter of theology to become a subscriber. Mm. Uh, We have a variety of plans. Please, please do so. Uh, Your support would mean the world to us. And um, we uh, we appreciate the support that we have, uh, encouragement that comes in. um, But if you believe in what the Lord is doing uh, through the podcast and uh, man, partner with us. We'd love to have uh, love to have you do that. So, and tonight it is uh, it is just Josh and me. We are Josh we are Sam's Chris. Drew. What is this, what, this what has are never we happened, do? dude? We are we are two I ships don't know. floating in the ocean without our captain. <laughs> our captain has mutinied. Oh, oh wait, no wait. Our captain well, had a baby. That that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, our captain is taking oh, some well deserved time off. Yes, yes, yes. And so, uh, so yeah, it's just us, us, this episode and Josh, man, how are you? You know, I'm doing pretty good, man. I am, uh, <laughs> I am in a lot of pain right now. Because Why are you in a lot of pain, Josh? Because for the first time, um, I have started working out. Hey, my man. Good job. I started working out, man. And like, I know for a lot of people, they're like, well, that's just what you do. Yeah, no, not everybody. Okay. So get <laughs> all the way off my back on that one. Uh, yeah. But he's not bitter. He's not bitter. No, at all. no, 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 no. I'm not bitter. But I like, so I signed up for a membership uh, and I'm doing it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I had this compliment, comp, complimentary, I almost said complimentarian. It felt oh. very complimentary and it was very harsh. No, <laughs> I had a compliment. Somebody should have told that guy to go home. Yeah, that's right. I had a compliment. I had a comp. Dang it. Now I'm all screwed up. A complimentary. 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 See what happens when I talk too much? I had a complimentary, uh, like, 
personal <laughs> fitness advisement, personal trainer meeting. And I think he wildly overestimated the amount of things that I'd be able to do. Cause I woke up this morning and I was like a toothpick getting out of bed. I like straight, I, I couldn't do it. My arms are killing me right now. I can barely, like, I, I can't do anything. Like I have to, like normally, you know, when you drive, yeah. you're at, what is it? 10 and two, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm at six and six. <laughs> I'm, I'm at six and six Oh five. That's where I'm at. <laughs> officer, like, officer, I went and worked out. That's why I can't move I can't this during my arms. So yeah, needless to say, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain, but other than that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing good. Doing good, good for you, man. Good for you. So yeah. Uh, well, today uh, on this episode of Matter of Theology, we're going to be talking about uh, church hurt uh, and what happens when those in the church uh, have hurt us or what happens when we are the one that's causing the pain. Yeah. Uh, and obviously for all of us, there there is this expectation, right, when we start to go to church for the first time or we're going to a new church, uh, that those in the church have been regenerated. They have a new nature. And that they would never, ever do anything to cause heartache and pain, right? No, ever. Uh, th- those, especially in leadership, they're solid. They don't ever struggle with Romans 7. Mm. Uh, it doesn't apply to them. What they want to do, they do. And what they don't want to do, they don't do. So right. uh, not so much. Uh, not so much. <laughs> so recently, just, uh, just within the last week, actually, or two weeks in the first one, uh, last week in the second one, yeah. uh, th- there have been a couple of stories that have been circulating, uh, just, just craziness. Uh, there's a church in Minnesota. Uh, it's the United Methodist Church. Uh, it's asking its members older than 60 years old uh, to worship elsewhere while the church closes to reset and welcome younger families. Um, and this is a, this is a Grove United Methodist Church in Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Uh, it's closing in June and reopening in November. And so they announced this plan. Uh, they have uh, doing some more research. They have two campuses and, mm-hmm. uh, one campus has a ton of people coming and one campus has 25 to 30 people. And so, uh, the, this one campus is quote on, you know, is dying and, and they're, they're, they're grasping at straws, trying to, trying to keep this church alive. And, and well, if the church is going to die, that's because the Lord wants it to, or it needs to, uh, you know, so I'm not trying to be harsh, just saying, uh, and yeah, then, yeah. And then, and then there's a second story that, uh, that, that I caught wind of, uh, this week, um, there was a, and he means caught wind of it cause it stinks to high heaven. Oh man. Uh, yes. I chose my words very carefully. Uh, there's, uh, there's a, a church that's called United church, uh, in Gallatin and, uh, there's this minute and 50 second clip that's out there of a pastor uh, preaching and, um, there's a baby in the congregation that's 15 months old and just kind of made a noise. And this guy like is trying to make his point and starts talking and this baby makes a noise and he just like, okay, you know, like, look, uh, uh, we're not going to have, you know, look, there's a reason we have TVs outside in a nursery and, and I'm sorry, but you know, we, we can't have babies in here disrupting 250 to 300 people. That's not going to work. That's too distracting. And, um, well, and know, the thing was, the baby wasn't even that loud. No, it not at all. Crying, it wasn't screaming. It was like, it, it did what newborns, like it whimpered. It was and being he, a baby. It was being a 15 month old. It goes off yeah. on this yeah. poor mom. Yeah. Yeah. And this mom had like, just called found, her out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Called her out in front then, of 300 people. 
and then it's trying to trying to save face by hey sweetheart hey sweetie and it's just like yeah hey, you, like you, you, you know First i love kids all. you know i love kids so it's like well obviously you don't man <laughs> yeah <laughs> like come on no, we're not you're stupid. too concerned with your point uh then then to realize that part of your calling is to pastor and shepherd and that is not being a pastor yeah, or I, a shepherd uh, uh, no no not bad. at all i watched that bad. clip i was so angry uh, yeah, like i was yeah. in my car like are, how dare you like <laughs> i went full driscoll how dare you <laughs> what is wrong with you sir like like how who do you think you are uh yeah <laughs> it was bad it, it's it's really bad so <laughs> horrible yeah. So, I mean, what do we do, right? When we experience this kind of stuff and, and I'd venture to say that all of us, um, as believers, we've experienced something, uh, some sort of, of, of hurt, um, you know, and, and it, and it's a well-known truth that wounds received from those on our team hurt much more than those on the outside. Mm. Um, you know, example, Paul in second Timothy two, he expresses the pain that he was caused by Phagellus and Hermogenes and not much is known about these two, except according to First Timothy one or First Timothy one twenty, Paul handed them over to Satan so that would, they would learn not to blaspheme. They were inside the church, causing yeah. harm to come to the church and the purity of the church, and, and causing Paul pain. So, you know, it, it's it's something that Scripture does speak to, and something that we've experienced in the three of us, and just in our conversations, uh, have 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 shared some of those experiences. And so, you know, we got to talking and thought this would be a good topic for us to discuss. And how do we, how do we handle this? Um, share some stories and, and, and just know that it, you, you can have safe spaces with fellow believers in sharing these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so listen, we, we may, we, we may reference, um, networks, church planning networks. We, we may reference, uh, denominations. We may reference, uh, fill in the blank. Uh, please know that we are not saying that all fill in the blank, uh, all people that are a part of this network or this denomination or anything like that. We, we don't, we don't think that at all. We're just telling a story and, and it's the story of, of things that we've experienced. And then, and then we'll talk about it from a biblical standpoint, you know, what is the purpose of the church? And then, and then how do we deal with the hurt? What do we do? Um, so yeah. So brother, I'll turn it over to you. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's a, we want to acknowledge for, I mean, church hurts a real thing. Um, Absolutely. just because someone may be in the position of a pastor or an elder does not mean that they are infallible, mm-hmm. does not mean that they are perfect. Um, right. and we, in any church, you know, you can have the best church in the world. You're still going to have sin because we're all sinners. Yeah. And yeah. we all hurt each other. Um, and the 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 point, like we know that's going to happen. And you want to set up, you want to set up guardrails as best as you can, so those things don't happen. But inevitably, it will. And the important thing is, how do you deal with it once it happens? Mm. Right. So that's super. So we're going to get into that at the end. I've got some some thoughts that I've jotted down here, but. Um, I just wanted, I think I've referenced it a couple times on this podcast and I thought it was probably time to, for my, I don't know, our listeners to get to know me a little bit more and yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd like to share, uh, an experience, a couple experiences that, that I went through in ministry, um, for one reason to let people know as often as when it happens, it's very easy to feel like you're alone mm. and it's helpful to know that these type of things happen to a lot of people that, that mm-hmm. if you have been hurt by church leadership and you have been the recipient of abuse from church leadership, you, you're not alone. 
Right. It is a thing that happens and it's a sad thing that happens and it's wrong and it's sinful and it should not happen. Um, but we live in a fallen world. The fact is that, that it does. So Amen. I want to encourage whoever's listening to this. If that's you, um, I know how you feel <laughs> and I want to encourage you that there is hope and life at the end of that tunnel as dark as it may be. Um, and as you'll hear in a minute, I'm, I think I'm speaking from an amount of experience. Um, so I was a, I was a pastor. I was a children's pastor um, back in 2016. Uh, and I handled children's ministry, uh, some college ministry, uh, community life stuff. Um, just kind of an all around kind of smorgasbord as pastor job descriptions can kind of be. Um, and, uh, got hired on there after graduating seminary, uh, just a couple months after. So I was fresh. I was really, really green. Um, and I'd had youth, uh, pastor jobs before that. Um, this was kind of like the first huge, like, oh, okay, here we go. I am, you know, coming into what it is I went to school for, what it is I, I believe the Lord wants me to be doing. Um, and for a while it was going well. Um, and, and that then, brings such joy to your heart, right? Oh so, man, I mean, so much joy. So, I was ecstatic. You're on this high, right? You finished seminary. You've, you've, you've oh, yeah. accomplished the mission, right? Yeah. George W. Bush was standing up saying mission accomplished. Yes. Mission accomplished. <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> time, for and, me to, time for me to pastor a thigh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so not, not to interrupt, but, but no, that, no, that's, no that, that, that's key. Yeah. That that's key in, in sharing where your heart was. Right. You're, yeah. you, it was full. Right. You were you were ecstatic, excited. You were just like I'm. I'm on the path to what the Lord has called me to do. Right in my bones, I know that the Lord's called me to do this, and so you're you're there. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm there. I'm I'm wanting to. I'm ready to. You know, take take children's ministry by <laughs> take take it by the reins and create a culture of, of gospel, of gospel centeredness. Right. And I'm, and I'm ecstatic, man. I'm so excited. And for the first six months or so, it was going pretty well. Um, but then right around that point, I started seeing a shift a little bit in, um, the focus of ministry and the direction that the church was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this particular church wasn't part of any denomination. Um, but it, it was a, uh, it had a very b- business model, of church. So the lead pastor, if you will, was the CEO, right? And they made a big distinction between the elders and the pastors and, um, you know, business meetings and reports and, you know, eval- job evaluations, the whole, the whole thing. It was a, it was a very corporation mo- model church, um, which was honestly the first problem. Um, so right around the six month mark, I started to see a shift in the way that the church was going and they were going very much toward the seeker friendly model. Everything, every staff meeting was about how much giving is there? How many people mm-hmm. are we bringing in? What can we do to be bringing more people in? And over that amount of time, I was told, so one of the things I was told by the eldership was your main job here as the children's pastor is to increase the numbers of the church. That's why you're here. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, and my first thought and what I should have said, but I was 
young and cowardly. I'll, I'll say that is, well, you know, I thought that was Jesus's job. You know, Christ said, I will build my church, not Josh will build my church. Right. Yeah. I was about to say you just took over job as Holy spirit. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. And the, then how they wanted that done was programs and activities and big events and a children's ministry that uh, was fun and thriving and having a whole bunch. So like, you know, for one example, they were like, you know, for, for Easter, like, so are we going to be bringing in like, before you were here, we had a whole bunch of like, like we brought in a bunch of barn animals. We had like a whole bunch of, of, of huge events and like bouncy houses and things like that. And I'm like, no, we were just going to teach the kids about Jesus. Like that was the plan. Um, you know, and again, I'm not, if, you know, I am, I will never say, I think you should attempt to make your ministries not enjoyable. <laughs> I think ministry is enjoyable. I think learning about God and learning about the sure, gospel sure, is sure. an enjoyable thing. And dare I say, we can have fun doing it. We can. <gasps> what? We can. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, but this is the F word. I t- <laughs> <laughs> yes, the reformed F word. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, exactly. And um, so I started trying to. I, 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 and to my shame, I, I started trying to conform to this model. Sure. I tried. Sure. Because I didn't want to lose my job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, yeah. You know, the first performance review that I had was one of the elders. He sat me down. He's like, so how do you think you're doing? You know, and I'm thinking through all the, all the stuff. I'm like, well, you know, oh, the, man. I love that the, question. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. It very, very business model. Tell us how, how you think you're, how doing. would you rate yourself? You know, and I'm thinking the kids are hearing about Jesus every Sunday. We've got our, 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 our classrooms full. Um, we've got a good curriculum. And I say, you know, I think, I think things are going really well. I think there's a lot of things we can improve on, but overall, I think these are going great. Um, and then that was obviously the wrong answer. He went on to describe for me everything I was doing wrong and how I was failing in my ministry. And it was the worst meeting I've ever had and proceeded to put me on a schedule to where I would meet with him every week to discuss my performance and I have this never is, go sounds ahead. incredibly familiar. Oh man, it hurt it. And it was the most stressful time in my life. And it was a good six months of that, uh, you know, putting together a VBS program for the kids and having our first volunteer VBS meeting and having that elder sitting in the front, taking notes of everything that I did wrong during that meeting. And then the next time we got together, sat me down and told me everything I did wrong in that meeting. It was, it it was to that level. So during all of this, um, my anxiety is through the roof because I'm realizing that if I can't have this level output that they want, I'm failing in my job and I know what's going to happen. Right. And I'm having panic attacks in my office. Uh, Yes, it's possible for reformed biblical counselors to have panic attacks. It's a real thing, people. (laughs) It is. It's a real thing. Um, And I'm having bouts of depression and anxiety. My marriage is on the rocks just because my relationship with my wife, because she's hearing all this and she's she's getting frustrated with the elders. Right. Of course. Right. Um, And I'm trying to say, no, no, I can I I can do it. I can pull this together. And all this time I'm having this war in my head of trying to figure out, well, this is what I think we should be doing biblically. But this is what they want. 
and it was a balance that I couldn't keep. So it, it all it long it all culminated with um, me having the end of the year performance review, right? Going to mm-hmm. get together with the lead pastor and one of the elders and discuss my performance that year. Um, I knew that was coming, so I put together a little, just a just a little thing like that I've read, basically telling them what I was struggling with. Mm. Um, telling them, Hey, I, you know, the, the, the gist of it is I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm having a lot of anxiety. Um, I'm not doing well in my marriage. Um, I'm having Mm. panic attacks in my office and I don't think that the direction you guys are wanting me to take this is, is good. I don't know. I don't, I don't see it in scripture. Mm. Um, so the meeting happens and I ask you know, I said, you know, respectively, could I could I say something before we start getting on? Because I knew what was going to happen in the meeting, right? I knew, I knew none of them were happy, um, and I laid it out. I laid it all out, and I told them, you know, I told my pastor and one of the elders there. I said, I laid it out. I was, uh, I'm having panic attacks. Uh, I'm really struggling. Um, I'm I'm having trouble. Lay it all out. They listen. And then the elder, uh, one of the elders there says, all right, well, that's not what we're here to talk about today. Wow. And they proceed to continue into the performance review that culminated in them saying, if you, Josh, and I, I, I will remember this till the day I die, they will say, and, and it was actually near the beginning of the meeting after I laid it all out. He goes, if you cannot work into with the parameters that we have set here, then you need to be questioning your calling to ministry at all. And and this is after just a just a point of clarification. Yeah. Yeah. This is after you're telling them. Oh, yeah. I'm having I, panic I had, attacks. I'd already laid it all out. My marriage is struggling be, yes. be, because of the level of stress that I'm under. And then I'm also struggling with seeing this in the book, in scripture. Yes. Okay. And yeah. then, so what happened from there? Wow. Um, frankly, I don't remember much what happened after they said Uh-oh. that. Because <laughs> um, he said that. And uh, when, when, he, when he told me that I had to question my calling to ministry, calling to the pastorate, in general, because I could not work in the, within the parameters that they had set. Um, my mind just started reeling. I started feeling sick. I, I don't, I, and I don't really, really remember. I know, I know they, I, my performance was unsatisfactory and they took away my raise that year and they took away any preaching dates that I have. That's, that's what I remember happening um, until I could get the children's ministry uh, to where they wanted it to be. Um. So I left that meeting, went home, um, and talked to the wife. And I was just like, I, 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 I don't know what to do. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. And what hurt the most is that, you know, I grew up that your, your pastors are your spiritual authority. Right. The ones that are over you are the ones that are responsible, Absolutely. you know, and for your soul, yeah. yeah. For my soul. And to hear my pastor tell me that I might have misheard and I, that I might not be cut out for ministry at all. 
that's a very hard thing to hear, oh, yeah. oh, especially yeah. when you have gone, you basically, your life has been shaped pursuing that and it's been confirmed by other people. Right. Um, and all the confirmation is there. And I remember going to him the next day and saying, Hey, um, I thought about what you guys said. I think that's a pretty serious, uh, charge if true. You know, like I still, there was still that part of me that wanted to respect the elders and be like, maybe they're right. And if they're mm. right, if they're right, I shouldn't be in this job because I'm hurting people. Sure. Sure. I'm hurting kids. Sure. I'm hurting families. Sure. Yeah. Um. So I said, I need to consider whether or not what you guys said is true. Like I need, I need time. And, he, and then he asked me the question. He goes, well, what did we say? I, I repeated it to him. I said, well, you said that. If I can't work within the parameters that you have set here, I need to question my calling to ministry in general. Just, 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 and he goes, well, we didn't say that. And I go, what? He goes, no, 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 we didn't say that. I said, what, what in the world? And, and like, again, like at this point, like I'm all over the place. I don't know what's happening. So I just say, well, regardless of what was said, I need to take my vacation time and I need to go. And I need to think and I need to pray and I need to figure this out. So I took my vacation time. Um, my wife and I went to the beach, which is our favorite place to go. Uh, and we were going to use that time, uh, that, that, you know, half a week to figure out whether or not I should be continuing this. And we decided on the car ride there <laughs> um, that I can't, right. I, I can't do this. I can't because one, one of two things, either they're wrong Right. Which I thought they were wrong. I talked to a whole bunch of other people after that asking, like, do you see this in me? Um, and thankfully, I'm thankful that everyone said the opposite <laughs> of what yeah. those, those guys said. Sure. Um, sure. And I said, look, whether they're right or wrong, I can't stay here because if they're wrong, I can't work with that. No. If no. they're right, I can't work with that. That's right. irresponsible. Right. Right. So I come back. Um run the summer VBS for the church went great. Had a great group of volunteers, a lot of kids. It was, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then that Monday there was the all church uh, business meeting that I laid out the year's plan of what I thought would be good for the children's ministry, the curriculum that we were going to go through where I wanted to see the children's ministry. And I was honest, I was honest. This is where I want to take it. This is where I think the children's ministry, if it's going to be successful, and by successful, I mean God-glorifying and gospel-centered, this is where I think it needs to go. Mm -hmm. Presented that on Monday, Tuesday, put in my resignation. And left that church um, completely disillusioned for ministry, mm. wanted nothing to do with church. Never wanted to be in the pastorate again, because if that's what being in the pastorate was like, um, I can't do it. And for the next year, uh, hated going to church. Didn't want to get plugged in. Hated the people because, mm. and, and mm. we had obviously changed churches, but uh, didn't want to engage because it's just a matter of time where these people were going to hurt me and hurt my wife. Um, right. And ended up 
going to an Acts 29 church after this one and got really involved. The Lord did use that church, the community there to heal me and my wife in ways that I didn't think were possible. Mm. Um, Pulled me out of that. Thanks be to God. Got me on a track where ministry was something that I loved doing again. Right. Um, But then let's see, last June, had a 2019, 2019. Yep. June of 2019. Uh, we had been going there for over two years. And, uh, so a year of that was me not wanting to be there. And then a year of that was really, really good. Right. Right. Um, had a mini Mars Hill happen at the church where the lead pastor, um, ended up getting his two other elders kicked out because they called him out on pride and arrogance and abuse of authority. And he ended up bringing in a provisional board comprised of Acts 29 pastors and the gen- and the uh, regional director of Acts 29 in our area and lied. I am, and it's documented. There are documents that, that, that it was a lie. Uh, wow. And he got the two pastors uh, ousted, excommunicated, and split the church. Wow. And uh, oh, so those two experiences really hurt sure. really, really bad um, sure. for different reasons. Um, one, I was in, you know, in a position and the other one, I was a member and I loved my church. I loved my family and to have them ripped away within a matter of a week um, is still a process that I'm healing from. And I think I'm going to be healing from for a while. Sure. Um, Sure. And, you know, and there's a lot of details that go into that, that, you know, I reached out to a lot of people in the A29 network got, let's just say got very high up into the, uh, very high on the leadership totem pole. And what I heard back was very, very discouraging. What'd you hear back? Uh, basically, no desire to look into the situation further. They just uh, took what the regional director said as gospel. Um, and th- the problem with the provisional board that was brought in to mediate between the head pastor and the two other pastors mm-hmm. is that, and this is again documented, uh, which is just horrible, um, is that provisional board was comprised of lead pastors, close friends, mm. very close friends, like going on vacations together to Disneyland. Uh, they're in each other's right. houses all the right. time. Right. Right. Um, and I mean, the minute I saw that board coming out, I, I, I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did. And, uh, the sad part is that nothing was done. There was no actual Matthew 18 that was followed. Um, there was no, due process, if you will, that if you're going to bring in a, uh, if you're going to bring in a mediator between two parties, they can't be friends, good friends of one of the parties. It has to be neutral. Well, the whole point, the whole point is to be, is, is reconciliation. The whole point is reconciliation. The whole point is to be above reproach and neither of those things happened. Right. Um, which resulted in the two pastors and these two guys were, I've never met two guys that have, that are more loving and more caring for a congregation than these guys. Like, like these two pastors were like the pastors that I wanted to be when I grew up. 
They were mm. fantastic wow. men and still wow. are. Yeah. I'm still in contact with them today. Fantastic men, yeah. uh, men of God. Um, and they got kicked out, excommunicated, no due process, no Matthew 18. And it split the church mm. and it hurt. And everything that I had gone through in the previous church was stirred up again. Mm. Um, so yeah, those, those have been the, uh, two most recent church experiences for me. So church, church hurts real. Yeah, it sure <laughs> and, is. It sure and, is. Um, it's not fun. And it's something that, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some people listening that might, might think I'm over-exaggerating. I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm deliberately not sharing a lot of details because I don't think they need to be shared. Um, sure. Sure. Well, that's not the but, point. The point is not to, the, 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 the point is not to go into all of the details. The, the point right. is not to over-exaggerate. The point is to share that church, church hurt is real. We're, we're, yeah. we're dealing, we're dealing with people and, um, and, and it, it's a reminder and an admonishment to those who are called to pastor and to shepherd preaching is just one part of the job. Right. Um, you know, and, and a lot of us, right. We, we go to churches and, and we sit in the congregation or we, we join as members or, or partners and, um, you know, what, what we see looks great. Um, you know, we, we, we see the, the, the cute little duckling on the pond that's just floating along. What we don't see are the, the feet that are feverishly kicking mm. beneath the surface. And, yeah. um, we just got to make sure that when, when those feet are kicking, you're not kicking people. Yeah. Um, so, right. so yeah, I man, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, oh, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah. That's, and that's about the gist of it, but it's, it's both were very real. Both were very hurtful in a lot of different ways. Um, sure. Sure. And it's important, I think, first and foremost, when you're dealing with people that have gone through things like that and worse things, people have been hurt worse by churches than I oh, have. Yeah. Right. I'm on yeah. I'm on probably the, the more tame end of pain that a lot of people have gone through, um, you know, being the recipient of of abuse through their elders. Um, you have to acknowledge that it is a real thing. You have to acknowledge that it actually happens. Yeah. Uh, and realize that, yeah, this is something that happens. We need to work, work through this. We need a good theology of suffering. Um, sure, why sure. this stuff happens, right? That sin is a real thing. And these men that are our elders, uh, there's nothing special about them. They're sinners just like us, right? They are not on some, some greater spiritual plane than we are. Um, and sometimes we don't know why it happens. Right. And that's another thing that sure, I think is really sure. important. So I still don't have answers. Like I can see logically why certain things led to other certain things. But the big question, like why? Like why, Lord, why do you allow your children to eat each other in mm. in this way? I don't have an answer for. Mm. I know it brings God glory. I don't see how. And I don't think I'll ever have an answer for that. And, you know, until I, until I, I'm able to ask the Lord in eternity and I have a mind that can actually comprehend it. Right. Um, but I need to trust that the Lord is good. Mm. I need to, and, and I need to trust that he has his plan and his purpose in it, even as painful and horrible as, as it is. So I've got a whole bunch of other notes here and we we're already at a half hour. We might need to make this a two parter. Uh, cause we could be talking for an hour. Um, yeah. or, we just, or we just drop a real long one. That's that, that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's important to talk about. I mean, we, yeah. we think it's important to talk about it's, um, you know, Josh, and, and to be honest with you, man, it's, uh, uh, and, and just for everybody listening, I'm hearing this for the first time, like Josh has never shared 
this detail with us. Um, uh, and, but let me just say, man, uh, a couple of things and not that it's about this, but you know, man, I've heard, I've heard you preach. You're called. Period. I've heard you preach and, and, and just through getting to know you, you're, you're called. So, there, you know, not that I'm anybody because I'm not, but uh, there, there's some further confirmation. And as Dr. Steve Lawson says, that that's one of the C's that you need to, mm. to, to look for uh, is confirmation from others. So, um, you know, but man, you and I have very, we have very similar stories as far as the, the, the seeker friendly and uh, man, I was a part of a church that's that's very very seeker friendly. That, that I was told, hey man, we don't we don't we don't need to pray at outside events at the church. That's that's just too Christian. Oh boy, wow. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just 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 for example, and that 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 same church, I was uh you know contracted as a worship leader, but considered to be on staff. I was I was invited to a Christmas party one year, and then uninvited because they don't invite contracted employees to Christmas parties. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so uh, you know, there, there, I mean, and there, there, there is, there's a, a couple other big stories I can share. But number one, we don't have time. Number two, the whole point of of us sharing this is not to go, oh man, you poor guys, is just to go, no. hey, listen, listen, you're not alone in this, and this stuff happens. Right. Um, so, so, the, how do we deal with this? You know what? What do we do here? So, yeah. Go ahead, man. No, I think, I think, again, I think I alluded to it. You you have to first and foremost acknowledge that it happened. You have to acknowledge the pain. You have to acknowledge what it is. It's sin. Yeah. It's sin, right? Right. Our scripture is our authority. Our scripture is our lens. It's sin. That's the, that's the reason it happened. It's because we're sinful. Um, You also have to something, something that, that I did, and one of my reasons for sharing this is I don't want people to do what I did, and that's just abandon church mm. and to abandon community, right? Because the herders are also the healers, right? The yeah, same people amen. that hurt us are the people that God is going to use to heal us as well. Maybe right. a different congregation, maybe different people, but the worst thing that you can do, the worst thing that I did, Chris, when I was told that by those pastors is I became disenfranchised with church. I didn't want a thing to do with it. I didn't want, I, I, and I didn't want to go to small groups. I didn't want to be at church. Every time I was there, I was grinding my teeth, like waiting for these fakers to start saying the same thing. And you you cannot, you cannot abandon the fellowship of believers. That is where your healing is going to happen. That is what the Lord is going to use to heal you. Find a place where you can be vulnerable, find a place where you can be authentic and share your crap with the yeah. leadership and yeah. with other people that are going to be account that are going to hold you accountable that are going to give you encouragement that are going to give you the 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 community and the structure that you need in order for that healing to happen so don't That's abandon right. the church you still need them and the church still can use you and needs you yes needs you yes absolutely Look for humble, trustworthy people that you can confide in, that will disciple you, that will help you through this pain, people that have gone through it before. Um, Look behind you at the good things that the Lord has done. Remember his faithfulness, right? I keep a little journal, a book of of every time something miraculous or something amazing happens that that I see the Lord does in my life or anytime I see the Lord's faithfulness, I, 
I write the date and I just write a quick sentence of what happened. And I can look back on that and remember the faithfulness of my Lord mm. and remember what he has done for me. Um, well, and, and in that, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, my mind is, I'm, I'm taken to second Corinthians, uh, chapter one, when Paul says, uh, starting at verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and mm-hmm. God, the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which yes. we ourselves are comforted by God. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the only why that I came to. That's the only answer to the question why, right? Ultimately, I don't have an, but, but, but for me and the experience that I went through, I am now on the other side of this mm. as painful and as horrible and, and as, as just awful as, it, as that experience was, I am now better equipped because of what the Lord saw in his sovereignty to put me through. I am now better equipped to help those that are going through the same thing. I'm yeah. now able to be in a source of encouragement and and another source pointing to Jesus and saying, look, this is what Jesus did for me. This is what he promises to do for you. And I'm not just the person saying, I'm not just the person, and again, this is this is a pet peeve of mine, especially in counseling. I'm not just the person that's looking at the event saying, oh, well, God's sovereign, and then leaving it at that. <laughs> that is not good counseling. No, no. No, that is not no. good counseling because no. I always look at that and say, yes, I know God's sovereign. That doesn't help me. No. I know that God is sovereign. I know he's the one that's doing this. Give me something that's going to bring me comfort, right? But well, you point it, me – sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things uh, that this past week, uh, uh, Drew and I went to uh, Praise Mill uh, mm. Baptist Church in Douglasville, Georgia. It's uh, uh, Dr. Josh Bice's church, and uh, Paul Washer was there. Uh, preaching because uh, he was he was in town for the G three conference and uh, he was uh, you know he start, started out a sermon typical Paul Washer you know form where he says look I I uh, I look out over this this congregation and and I know of just by sheer numbers gain that some of you will die and you will go to heaven and some of you will die and take your first breath in hell sure uh, so my response I don't I don't care whether you not you think my preaching is elegant and 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 just launches into this but. One yeah. of the things he was talking about, one of the things he read in there, man, and this slapped me in the face. Yeah. You want to talk about from a biblical counseling standpoint, it's a little mm-hmm. harsh at first, but yep. when you stop and think about the big picture, yeah. uh, it does bring it does bring uh, hope because it shows who you belong to, right? Ephesians 2 says that we are his workmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 7, it says it is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as sons for what son is there whom his father does not discipline. But if you are without discipline of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Hmm. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us. And when we respected them, shall we not much rather be subject to the father of spirits and live for they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them. And he, capital H, disciplines us for our good so that we may share his holiness. Hmm. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So like I, I my, my point is saying this, Paul shared a story where he said, 
that he wanted to play basketball. Paul Washer's a tall guy. Um, he wanted to play basketball, but his legs were too weak and he grew up on a farm and he said that they went to the very edge of the farm to do the work that they had to do that day. It's raining. He's wearing work boots. So they're heavy. And his dad brought ankle weights and made him run behind the truck all the way back to the house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so he's, he, he disciplined Paul Yeah, and he didn't discipline Paul because Paul did anything wrong. He right. disciplined Paul because Paul was weak in that area. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I, I stop and think about the church hurt that I've experienced. And, and Josh, you know, there was the first time I experienced that I did the same thing where mm-hmm. I, I retreated, man, you asked my wife, we would go to a Sunday night service and I would just stand there with my arms crossed. And she's like, why aren't you worshiping? I was like, I am worshiping. The Lord and I are having conversations, uh, yeah. you know, like, right. like yeah. I am praying, fervently praying because I didn't yeah. believe the people on the stage because of everything I was seeing behind the scenes and, right. and, and everything else. But I tell you what, man, it was a discipline. Mm-hmm. It was a heavenly discipline that in the moment, as the writer of Hebrews says, it was sorrowful. It was not joyful. But yet yeah. afterwards, it did yield that peaceful fruit of righteousness for me. And, and man, you know, you, you may be, somebody may be listening to this and, and, and maybe you've experienced that kind of hurt or that kind of pain. I mean, take, take heart. If the Lord allows you to go through that, um, part of the reason is because he loves you. He wants to teach you something. Um, and that, that's a hard pill to swallow. But again, yeah. if what we were to scripture is true, which it is, it, it is truth. Uh, then, then there you go. So. Yeah. Well, and realize too that, yeah, that, that the person that you look to in that is Christ, Amen. right? Like yeah. I mentioned just throwing the, oh, God is sovereign and, and that being a very bad, <laughs> a, a bad thing just to stop with, right? But you give me a savior that knows my pain. Mm. You give me a savior that understands what I'm going through. Come on. You give me a savior that lived my life so that he can both sympathize and empathize with the pain mm. that I'm going through, that will give me comfort. There mm. is one as you know, there, there's a line and not, not, <laughs> I love this line. It's in, I think it's the first Hobbit, right? Where the guy's looking, he goes, there is one I could follow. There is one I could call mm-hmm. King, right? That's my Jesus. Amen. That's what he does for me. Right. And I think about second Corinthians four, eight through 12. And it says, oh, we are yeah. afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck mm. down, but not destroyed, not destroyed, always carrying in the body of death, uh, excuse me, always carrying in the body, the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. And, and this is verse 11. It's verse 11 right here. It says, for we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, mm. so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in mortal flesh. Come so on. death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Amen. Man, come on. Come on. We have a advocate in the person of Jesus Christ that when that pain is more than you can handle and that pain is beyond anything you can imagine and you don't understand why things are going the way they are and you are in so much sorrow, Jesus Christ understands every drop of that cup. Yeah. 
He is the one that you go to and he promises you go to him. He will be the grace that is sufficient for you. Mm. And it took me too long to understand that. And I tried to pull myself up by my bootstraps and push through and be a bulldog and just try to get it done on my own when what I should have been doing the entire time was getting on my knees and starting to fight like a man mm. and coming to Christ. Come on, man. So, and it, it doesn't mean that everything goes away. There's still sure, sure. Like yeah. I think back to, I think back to the family that I had in that A29 church. I love them. My family was taken away from me mm. by a sinful person in a matter of a week. And I, you don't recover from that just, you know, just in a day. No, but I, uh, Jesus mm. is there. Brother, I, I, I understand that completely. I, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was a part of a church and, uh, the, the, the pastor, uh, man, he, the same kind of deal. Uh, it was like a business type meeting. I was given things I was told to work on. They kept an Excel spreadsheet on me that they would mm -hmm. fill out and send over every week. Uh, and, and, and what was, you know, I, I would always forward that to my wife and my wife was always like, Hey, where's your spreadsheet? You know, she'd always ask about it. And, um, you know, and, and, and I improved on everything that they, that they, you know, that they gave me to do. I was, I was at this church for five and a half years, man. Yeah. And this is a church plan, a church start. And, uh, yeah. you know, through us, the Lord had built it, built this church up and, um, you know, the same, the same kind of deal, brother, where it was the, the pastor's the CEO. I was yeah. in a, I was in a meeting that the pastor called to talk about church unity and wanted everybody to go around the circle. It was a, a group of men wanted to go around a circle and share different passages of scripture about unity, yeah. but no one ever defined what we were unified around. And one oh, of and the, from one of the elders at the time spoke up and said, well, we should just do what the pastor says. Uh, as long as he's following the great, the, the, as long as he's the under shepherd under the great shepherd and, and what he's doing is lining up with scripture. I wholeheartedly agree, but if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And, uh, you know, ultimately this, this, I mean, he pastor came to me, he said, Hey, I feel like our season of ministries come to an end. And the reason that he was telling everybody that, that it did was because I was reformed and he wasn't. Yeah. And that well, wasn't it at all. And, and it was the same thing, man. I, I got asked the question, why are you so upset? And I'm like, and I, and I said this in a meeting, I'm like, you, I'm being ripped away from a family. Yeah. Um, well, know, and, that's, so. and that's the reality. And, and again, like uh, listeners, please hear my heart in this, but, but if you're a pastor or if you were in leadership, I don't give a hoot in Hades what your vision is. Your vision means, means nothing. It means nothing. What you are there to do, whether you are a member in church, whether you are in church leadership, you are there for the glorification of Christ and his gospel, period, stop. And all of this vision casting and all of this programs and all of these assessments and performance reviews, you have one question as a minister of the gospel, are people hearing Christ and Christ crucified? If the answer is yes, you have a successful ministry. Keep going. Yep. If the answer to that is no, then start doing that next week. 
But any other vision, any other calling other than Christ and Christ crucified and preaching him boldly every Sunday, any other vision than that is going to lead to destruction. It's going to lead to your fall, and it's going to lead to your pride and your arrogance being elevated, and it's going to lead around the church circling around a person or an extra biblical vision instead of the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's when church hurt happens, yep. is when we are elevating ourselves above what our mission is. Well, and look, you can, you know, uh, you can sit here and say you're, you're reformed in your, your soteriology and, and you can, you know, uh, you, you, you can tout tulip and, 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 and rightfully so. Right, rightfully so. Uh, absolutely affirm Calvinism, and and uh, even though John Calvin would hate that name, uh, <laughs> you know. So, but but you you can affirm all of that in your soteriology and doctrine. But if you're not affirming that, and this is one of the things. Speaking of Paul Washer, uh, obviously you can tell which which uh, which sermon kind of spoke to me the most at G three. Yeah, right. He mm-hmm. said, you know, if, if you're if you're reformed, reformed in your soteriology, but not in your pastoring and shepherding of people's souls. Then, then uh, you're 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 not you're not you're missing it. You're not doing yeah. anything. You don't understand Calvin. You don't understand the Puritans. You don't understand anything. Yeah. Uh, so shepherd the fl- shepherd the flock of God among you. Shepherd yeah. them. You are caring for their souls. Remember S- that the stop ministry. Playing around. That, stop playing absolutely. around with people's souls. That's right. That's right. The ministry that you have, Second Corinthians four, Josh read from earlier. Second Corinthians four one says, "Therefore we have this ministry by the mercy of God." Mm-hmm. Please understand this: you aren't building a thing. No, you are nothing. The, no, nothing Christ that around is you head is of the church. Of Christ is the head of His church. Christ is the one building His church. Uh, your responsibility is to love God and love people. Your responsibility is to preach the word. Your responsibility is to proclaim Christ and him crucified and to care for and shepherd the souls in your care. Now, let me say this to those who have been hurt, to those who have walked through that. And and this Mm -hmm. I'm included in that. um, We have to remember Paul's admonishment to the Corinthians in first Corinthians 13. Now, first Corinthians 13, contrary to uh, most weddings, is uh is actually a rebuke. Yeah. It is a rebuke to the Corinthian church. Uh if you read it in context, to look at the way Paul starts it, it's very sarcastic and he's saying if you possess all these gifts but you have not love, um it, it profits you nothing. You are a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. And, and so when he walks through the quote unquote wedding verses from 4 to 7, notice there in verse 7 at the end he says um Bears all things, believes all things. The key phrase I want to focus on right now is hopes all things, endures all things. So what that means, believer in Christ, is you experience the hurt. You allow yourself to feel the suffering, just like every, everything that Josh said and more. You go and you bear your heart. You bear your soul. You take your bags into the family of God, the church, the bride of Christ, and then you unload and unpack those bags. And mm-hmm. you share your story. You share your hurt. You share your heartache. You share your struggle. But don't become pessimistic. And no. do not do not become paranoid. Yes, exercise spiritual spiritual awareness instead of situational awareness is called discernment. Um, understand that 
the Bible is chock full of warnings against false teachers, false believers, false professions of faith. Those who have a Jude says crept in unawares. Um, you know, uh, I mean, we th- there are going to be those people inside the church, but your responsibility is to hope in all things hope in all things because of who you hope in. And that's exactly what Josh said earlier. You hope in Christ. You hope in his finished and completed work. You hope and remember that as Hebrews says that he is the head of the church. You hope and remember in the fact that he is, he is the voice of authority in the true church, that he is the purifying sovereign lamb of God. And that nothing Hebrews 413 says, nothing is hidden from his sight. And he will purify his church. And we see that all the time. So you hope in all things because you hope in Christ. That's exactly right. Yeah. And then we, when we get to that point, you know, second Corinthians, um, 12, second Corinthians 12 verse 10 says for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness I'm content with insults. I'm content with hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Mm. For when I am weak, that's right. Oh, then am I strong. That's right. And that strength that comes to you in those times. Excuse me. Sorry. <clears throat> don't, don't do not apologize. That strength that comes to you in those times will defy your imagination. Amen. It will defy your logic because Jesus is Jesus is better than all of it. Amen. Jesus is greater than any pain you are going through right now. Mm-hmm. And if you run to Christ in your storm, don't take your eyes off Jesus. And you cry out, Lord, save me, as Peter did, as he was sinking in the waves. Know that Jesus Christ is there and he will come to you. He will pull you from the waves and say, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. That's the Jesus that I need. And that's the only Jesus that can help me. So you that are hurting, look to Jesus because he's there in the pain. He understands it all. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, brother. Well, man, I think that's... uh... Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Got nothing left. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's a good place to, that's a good place to land, man. So why don't we do this? Uh, I I just wanted to close this out and, uh, reading this beautiful prayer, uh, by, uh, out of Valley of Vision, uh, Mm. and, uh, shameless plug. You guys should check out Josh's book reviews because he, he reviewed this one. Oh yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, so, but yeah, so, uh, let, let's, let's let, focus on, on the words. And if you have a copy of Valley of Vision, it's on page 186. Uh, if you don't just listen to the words and look it up later. Um, but let this be a prayer and this title, this prayer is, is titled need of Jesus. Mm. Lord Jesus, I am blind. Be thou my light ignorant. Be thou my wisdom self-willed be thou my mind open my ear to grasp quickly thy spirit's voice and delightfully run after his beckoning hand melt my conscience that no hardness remain make it alive to evil's slightest touch when satan approaches may i flee to thy wounds and there cease to tremble at all alarms 
be my good shepherd to lead me into green pastures of thy word and cause me to lie down beside the rivers of its comforts. Fill me with peace that no disquieting worldly gales may ruffle the calm surface of my soul. Thy cross was up raised to be my refuge. Thy blood streamed forth to wash me clean. Thy death occurred to give me a surety. Thy name is my property to save me. By thy, by, excuse me, by thee all heaven is poured out into my heart, but it is too narrow to comprehend thy love. I was a stranger an outcast, a slave, a rebel, but thy cross has brought me near, has softened my heart, has made me thy father's child, has admitted me to thy family, has made me joint heir with thyself. Oh, that I may love thee as thou lovest me, that I may walk worthy of thee, my Lord, that I may reflect the image of heaven's firstborn, May I always see thy beauty with the clear eye of faith and feel the power of thy spirit in my heart. For unless he move mightily in me, no inward fire will be kindled. We all need him. Turn to Christ. Let that be your hope. Amen. Thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in to Matter of Theology, a little bit longer episode tonight, but I think uh, I think it's worth it, and we're probably going to revisit this topic and because there's so much that we could say. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, emotional outbursts, uh, you know where to find us. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful afternoon, morning, or evening, whenever you're listening to this, and go in the grace of God. <laughs>